Today on the Tapping Show, Bud Light Manny Scorsi is a low score. DeSantis went viral for dropping out. Vivek says the FBI can't be reformed. Anheuser-Busch Hort tweet is so bad it's probably best to be taken out behind the barn. Hashtag old yeller. Mary Barr, GEM CEO, has her 10-year anniversary at the helm of the company and the comments are not so great. Ford to cut EV production of their truck yet again. And Costco and Sam's Club have to issue a recall due to the meat trays having a possible contamination. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see. That's the joke. If you're an IT there or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you could click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Mary Barra recently had her 10-year anniversary of being at the helm of General Motors. She, many people say she's an innovator. She's brilliant. But the stock market, the sales, and the feedback from many employees are not so great. Now, in terms of the American dream, it looks like she is pretty impressive in terms of a couple of articles, one coming from Michael Wayland over at CNBC, noted that she actually worked her way up from the bottom of the company and hustled like hell. <coughs> Excuse me. And a lot of people gave her accolades at the time for being one of the first female CEOs of the community. And a lot, I mean, a lot of people are just giving her overall accolades. Now, she's also the individual who thought it'd be a prudent business idea to have the company go full EV for Cadillac by 2030 and full EV for the whole company, aka all four brands they own, that being Cadillac, Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet, all to be EV by 2035. That, as the market continues to, what's a nice way of saying, kick that to the curb, uh, in General Motors terms, leave it uh, without wheels on cinder blocks is perhaps a more apt metaphor for the situation, as more and more consumers in the United States especially are looking at hybrid technologies for new vehicle purchases, and less and less are purchasing EV vehicles for a myriad of reasons. Now, in terms of their stock, one of the things where there are, it's not a direct correlation in many cases. I mean, there are a lot of variables that contribute to the stock value of a company, but it is one of many metrics people use to evaluate how a CEO is doing. Now, in terms of the 10-year outlook, or rather the 10-year performance for the stock, looking at General Motors, again, she started around 10 years ago to 2014. Stock was around, what was it? about 40 oh let's see here for oh, 2014 january 3rd started at 39 dollars and 57 cents per share and fast forward to today it's at 35 dollars and 47 cents per share so in 10 years the stock has gone down 10.26 percent which Again, is terrible, especially when you compare it to pretty much all the other competitors. Ford is doing a lot better. You have, I mean, Tesla being another huge growing automotive company for American-based. I mean, they're always doing astronomically impressive. But the stock market is not that great. Another issue that came to her, kind of landed on her table, so to say, is the UAW contract. Well, that increased the cost per new vehicles by, I believe, it was about $500 per vehicle additional cost because it's union manufactured 
that's a big issue as well. A lot of people are saying GM didn't negotiate aggressively enough. I mean, it is a record contract and cost as well as benefits. It's not just you know paying cash for the employees, but it's a myriad of benefits, some of which did contribute to General Motors going bankrupt in 2009, which I believe was their third bankruptcy since Billy Durant founded the company all those years ago when he brought together the two companies of Buick as well as Oldsmobile way back in the day when I was gonna say Oldsmobile has long been forgotten unfortunately for many people. So there's a lot of people starting to critique a lot of the decisions she's making. I was gonna say also didn't help killing some of your most awesome products, most beloved products. They thought it was a good idea to kill the Chevrolet Camaro and granted their sales were decreasing. However, on average over the past I believe four or five years, last year they did sell at a 2X rate compared to the previous year many people suspect is partially because they knew it was going to be going away. But that was yet another reason they lost the Pony War. General Motors, they lost that. Ford won. The <laughs> Mustang has never been discontinued, and it's still one of the very, very few options you can get in the United States for a new car with a V8 and a stick shift. And GM has acquiesced to the automatic transmission to most of their vehicles, with the only exception being the Cadillac CT, CT4 and 5 and the Blackwing editions are incredibly feats of engineering. It's awesome. But of course, again, Cadillac's going to be full EV by 2030. So even the few astronomically impressive products that they make are going away soon. Now, some of the feedback in terms of the comment section comes from... Let me see here. Let's see here. Figure this scroll properly. One of my favorite websites where A plus marketing, you know exactly what they're all about. The website is appropriately titled GM Authority dot com. You probably know what they're going to discuss. General Motors. Now, one of the top comments from some comes from USA One, and they say, "quote And hopefully, her last year. To all the Mary Mary fans out there, I want her to retire. I don't want anything bad to happen to her." Unquote. They got 78, as youth may call it, upvotes, and only 19 downvotes for that particular comment. Another one comes from the username is Hum. So, Hum says, "quote." She drank the EV Kool-Aid, killed Camaro instead of updating, wasted money on self-driving cars, gave sedans up to Asia and Europe. Great resume, unquote. And got 89 ups and only 10 downs, which, again, is a very accurate observation. One of the biggest issues with General Motors was they let all, they pretty much got rid of all the entry-level vehicles, with the exception, perhaps, of being the Chevy Bolt. But a lot of the things, especially sedans and compact vehicles, you do usually break even, or in many cases, you lose money on those vehicles. It's a very price competitive segment in the automotive industry, but you do build brand loyalty. When I was in the automotive community, it was almost a joke with the Chevy Cruze, though personally I loved it. I owned a Chevy Cruze Eco with a stick shift. Every car should have a stick shift by default, of course. But the dealerships, they'd lose about $400 to $500 per unit. The only way they broke even or made profit was good old financing and accessories. Now, the hope was they come back in, they buy a truck or an SUV or one of those big bohemists because those, I mean, contrast is astronomical. Chevy Cruze, you lose like $500. Those you would make five to $10,000. That's how profitable those were. That was before you add financing and accessories. And a lot of people debate, I think there's some truth to the fact that when you buy an entry level vehicle, many people do start to build brand loyalty. And that would help transition them so that when their budget increases or maybe their family increases, they'll buy one of the bigger, bigger vehicles that could more easily meet their needs. And again, GM got rid of it. They also are going all in on EVs. They spent 
countless do dollars. Who was it? Mike Myers? What is Austin Powers guy? That main actor, they paid millions upon millions of dollars to have in a Super Bowl commercial, was it last year, the year before? Talking about how they'll go all in on EV. Which, again, the biggest issues with EV, not only are they not profitable for quite some time, because there's a big upfront investment, but also the category is decreasing. Consumers are moving away from it. And as I say, this winter has certainly helped show people some of the shortcomings of that technology. In addition to the current technology being disposable and proprietary, like a smartphone. Again, there's always a caveat because this technology, the sodium batteries might be revolutionary. They might be able to charge battery in two seconds tomorrow. But again, we're talking about what data we have at hand right now. And if you own a great vehicle that lasts you decades, you're going to buy an internal combustion engine, most likely Japanese air engineering, hard to beat an Acura or a Honda, aka that's the same company, or a Toyota or a Lexus, same company in that case as well. They just keep running forever. Now, nevertheless, we'll go back to the comments section, but two for two, she is uh, not doing good in terms of the comment ratio. Let's see here. The next comment comes from, let's see, Ricky, and it is about a paragraph and a half long, so I'm gonna paraphrase here and read the first couple sentences. He says, quote, ultra low mileage transmission failures in and severe engine problems with GM's best-selling halo vehicles, Chevy Silverado, GMC Sierra, and nothing to celebrate. The same problems with body-on-frame platforms, mates, Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, Escalade, are not worthy of celebration, unquote. Which again, that is true as well. Again, the reliability with General Motors, it's been, what's the nice way of saying bad? Precari eh, questionable, a concern for years. And same thing with Ford. It's where, that's why Toyota is one of the most successful companies in history. They just run darn near forever. Same with Honda. My parents still drive a 2001 Honda Accord. Still works. They bought it new. It still runs like a champ. Now, it is unfortunate they got the automatic transmission. That was a, that was very boring. But nevertheless, it still runs. Now, keep going down and do two or more comments here. Dennis says, quote, Is GM better off now than they were 10 years ago? Asking for a friend. I got 44 thumbs up and 7 thumbs down. And, yeah, a lot of people are responding to that comment. Wholeheartedly agreeing with this individual. Jofa says, quote, She's nothing more than Roger Smith in his pantsuit. The company has been gutted from the inside out, and she's been part of it for more than 40 years. The market share of the company is pitiful, and yet she finds a way to keep the trajectory always pointing down. Barrera has overstayed her welcome by eight years, unquote, getting 64 likes and seven thumbs down, which is also another big point of contention with, I was going to say, people who root on General Motors or people who are employed there. What happened to the market share? The big three used to be the big three. It used to be Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. They own more than 50% of the market of all U.S. car sales and truck sales, vehicle sales. And every year, it's just gotten less and less and less. And I believe it was 24 months ago, Toyota overtook General Motors for the top automotive manufacturer in the United States. It's been rough. I think GM did reclaim that back in 2013, or sorry, 2023. But it's starting to show their weaknesses more and more. And let's see here. We'll do one or two more comments before we get this get to the small poll that we did as well. Let's see here. Car Kadak, CA driver. All right. Says it's all one word, but nevertheless, 
this alleged California driver says, quote, maybe in the next 10 years she can fix the, quote, we can't get the parts to fix your vehicle, unquote. Dealers are telling soon to soon to be former GM buyers when, when their cars crap out with less than 40K on, miles on them, unquote. Getting 43 likes, which, yes. Another issue with many of the newer vehicles is going to be long-term software development updates, as well as how do you repair something that's in many ways a glorified smartphone, and many of them are just by the very nature not meant to be actually serviceable. Now, interestingly enough, I did do a small poll on LinkedIn, and granted, the sample size is pretty small. I did let the poll go for one week, and out of the, it did only have 72 votes. So it's not a big sample size, but I thought it would be still fun to talk about. And I simply said, in it's been 10 years since Mary took over for General Motors. What do you think? With the four options being she deserves a raise, her performance is adequate, she should get a pay cut, she should be fired. So those are the four options that I gave. And out of the 72 people who voted on this poll, 4% said she deserves a raise. 35% said her performance is adequate. 19% she should get a pay cut. 42% said she should be fired. Which, yes, yeah, so about a little more than 50% of people say she's no good. She deserves less money or she should be given the boot. Or perhaps instead of giving the boot, would be a more apt metaphor for leaving General Motors, the automotive community. She should be giving a Geometro, perhaps. But again, there's no signs. And again, maybe the shareholders will vote her out next time, but I'm not seeing a lot of external pressures really saying she should be fired or let go. If anything, they're giving her accolades for being investing so much into EVs. But when I go to the comments section and kind of talk to people anecdotally, and I'm not looking at you know main publications, that's where I start to see a lot more critique of her, especially when I have family over in Michigan, and they're you know, the mixture between people who work the front lines as well as the offices. And I mean, a lot of people admire her work ethic. She did start off, I believe, she's at a stamping facility way back in the day. And she just worked her way up the corporate ladder, which is highly admirable. But a lot of these decisions she's making, I mean, there's a reason GM is in the business blunder section of the podcast frequently. I mean, one of the biggest issues she took over or that she had to tackle or attempt to tackle when she took over was the ignition issue where they had to recall because the ignition switches were faulty. So your vehicle can just randomly turn off when you're driving it. So their quality control, again, I don't know, I'm not sure who's in that department, but that still needs to be all for hold because they still have these recalls. But it'll be interesting to see. I'd be fascinated here. Like, let me know in the comments. Do you think she should get a pay raise? Do you think she's doing an exceptional job? I mean, the stock market is down. They're losing market share. They are increasing the number of EVs that they're making, which are potentially will make a profit. There's a huge upfront investment. But as always, let me know in the comments. It'll be fascinating here what you have to say. Other interesting business news you have Ford to decrease their EV truck production yet again. Fascinating. It's almost it's almost as if people want a truck that could tow something or that could work in winter. Strange. And again, perhaps as a wise man once said, there's a use case for darn near everything. If you're a sports balls player in Chicago and you're only driving 12 feet at a time, you're not hauling anything ever, maybe this is the perfect vehicle for you. But for many use cases, for people actually use their truck for construction, for moving, for driving more than 18 feet, I think the other options are better. The people actually want a truck to last a long time and not 
be sitting unable to move because it needs a software update or because it's been recalled or because it burst into flames. They're kind of, they're, starting to, they're basically choosing the other options. Now, this comes to us thanks to a writer over on LinkedIn by the name of Emma, Thor Emma Thorne specifically. And she noted that, for, quote, Ford is coming back on the number of workers making the F-150 Lightning truck, the company said, as demand for the EV vehicles slows. About 1,400 employees will be moved into other roles or otherwise affected by beginning April 1st. I was going to say, is that a joke in and of itself that they're still making it? Maybe. Now, they say the Michigan-based automaker said it expects EV sales to continue to grow, though not as much as expected. It's already halved its 2024 production goals for the F-150 Lightning. Talk about lowering the bar. Their expectations are half of what they were sold. And again, when it comes to darn near every new product, there are early adopters who will pay a premium. That's why you saw someone who was perhaps inebriated by drinking Bud Light. They paid over $100,000 over MSRP to get one of the first F-150 Lightnings. There will always be people who will pay more to get the first of a product or the people who want to be one of the first to have it. They want to try something out. But the issue is how do you sell it to the masses? That's where you need to either... Traditionally, you will lower the price point come up, or even sometimes come up with a new product or new technology to make it more adaptable. That's how Tesla succeeded. They came out with the, what was it? Not the Model S. They came out with the one that was a bastardized Lotus Elise, where they took Lotus Elise, put their technology inside of it. Ironically, I think Elon said it actually cost them more than just making a vehicle from the ground up to try to retrofit it. But nevertheless, they came out with that vehicle. It was a, not fiscal success, because again, it took them a long time to make a profit. But in that case, they found the early adopters, they found the enthusiasts who bought first, showing that the sale is theoretical. It has happened, they're getting there. And then they came out with the much more successful, I believe is the Model S with the four doors. They had more capabilities and that was built up from the ground up. Now, I'm not sure how they're going to do it in regard to, again, this is a truck, it's highly competitive category. The article also noted that demand for electric vehicles in the US has softened as consumers worry about high prices and lack of charging stations. True, as well as taxes. Because one of the biggest sources of revenue for states and the federal, well not, there's a significant contributor to the taxes on the federal and state levels is the gasoline tax, where there's a gas on every gallon of gasoline you purchase, money goes to the state government as well as the federal government. A lot of states are starting to realize, wait a minute, EVs don't have that. So many states, again, the fascinating thing about the United States is every state is a little bit different. Some are better than others, obviously. A little bit biased, but Texas is awesome. But it's one of those things where some of them are going to have an exponentially increase in the registration. So that way, let's say it costs $75 to register your internal combustion engine vehicle to use it for the year, which is a ridiculous in and of itself to think you have to pay for that. But nevertheless, if you have a registration for an EV, maybe it'll cost $400 or $500. Because again, the state's not getting that revenue to make the disposable roads through the gasoline tax that the person would normally purchase. So you also have places that are also increasing the rates of electrical utilities. So it's one of those things where in the beginning, there are a lot of, there are some financial benefits in addition to the federal tax subsidies that they're throwing at people or the tax credits. But uh, there's a lot of those costs are going to be increasing throughout the years. So that, especially when you consider it's a disposable product, it's certainly not a viable for your paycheck or it's not a, it's not a good thing for your, your pocketbook overall. So all these contributing factors, and again, the factor that there are also other EV truck companies. The Cybertruck will come out allegedly someday. Apparently some deliveries have been coming through. Again, there's a lot of issues with that. We'll see 
we'll see when they really start to pump out that in 2024 they sold few they sold so few it didn't even show up on sales reports and articles so maybe q1 this year we'll see it but realistically i think a lot of the sales are going to rivian that is probably the best well-known ev truck manufacturer and i guess they make an suv as well now actually but <clears throat> in terms of you know, truck buyers are the hardest people to sell to in general but because again, there's that cult following. A lot of people buy the same model that the grandpa had. I mean, it's, it's a huge emotional connection. And again, people that buy a truck, they want it to last a while. They don't want something that's disposable. So that's why I think overall, I think you're going to see a lot people who actually use their truck. And again, not everyone uses their truck. There's a lot of people who just they like having the option. So I I want to say the market is saturated because there'll always be someone who buy it. But the, I mean, the adoption rate is decreasing and perhaps this will be an overall business blunder, but actually I think it is good that Ford is making this decision to scale back on it. And hopefully they'll focus on more other more profitable products or ideas and make the shareholders, employees and consumers happy, perhaps increase some of the resources in the quality department as they've had many recalls in 2023. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, if Anheuser-Busch horse tweet is, well, so bad, it's probably to be uh, taken out behind the barn and taken care of. Hashtag old yeller. Now, this comes to us thanks to X Twitter, and it's specifically from the Anheuser-Busch profile. They have profiles, that's a parent company. Well, the big parent company in Belgium is Anheuser-Busch and Bev, but they do have profiles for most of their brands as well, as well as the U.S. entity Anheuser-Busch, which, again, is all one big thing at the end. Now, Anheuser Bush posted a picture, which hilariously, again, I, I perhaps I'll have to dive into the legality of this, but it's just a picture of a horse, and they still have this little disclaimer in the top right. The text says "message," or they're too lazy to say it spelled out, so it's just MSG. However, I don't think they're talking about becoming inebriated further with illegal drugs, so we'll assume it says "message for 21 plus," which is hilariously ironic considering they paid Dylan Mulvaney $185,000 to sell beer to kids. I say that because that was Dylan's average profile demographic on TikTok. The average TikTok user is well below, below 21, and Dylan specifically, Dylan's audience is below that age threshold as well. Perhaps that is, I believe, one of the biggest contributing factors of why the Bud Light boycott was struck when they started that campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, ironically or hilariously, on April 1st. Now, in terms of controversy in this particular post, there's not much. It's one of the old... Actually, I don't know the age. It could be a, a young buck. Or I guess I don't know what you call a young horse. Nevertheless, full? Yeah, probably. But nevertheless, it says a little text before just a picture of a horse. And the text says, at least someone is enjoying this winter, unquote. Which, and I guess they did use three dots for reasons. And it's just a picture of a horse with snow outside. Which, you're not showing me the product you're trying to sell. You're, I guess they're trying to get that emotional rhetoric to the old mascots that people liked. Um, and, but yeah, you don't see the factory. You don't see the iconic carriage that it used to pull. You don't see the actual products that they're trying to sell. So a little underwhelming to say the least. And the statistics also show that as well. Now again, these statistics were taken 48 hours after it's posted. So it's had time to brew, pun moderately intended. It's not like we're waiting two minutes after the post to go, oh yeah, they only got two views. No. It actually got 5,913 views in that time period, which, again, is pretty pathetic given the fact that they're a multi-billion dollar corporation 
They only got 5,913 views. And they only got 159 likes, which is also mediocre to say the least. And in terms of the comments, they did get a few. Not many, but they did get 16 comments in total. Now, not to brag, but I did get 17 comments on video last month. And granted, for me, I always go for quality over quantity, the opposite of how they formulate beer at Budweiser. But my comments are always from the coolest and awesomest people. Budweiser, I, not so much. But nevertheless, let's go in the comments and see. Maybe someone is really compelled. They go, oh, it's so cute. I'm going to go buy your product right now. I mean, I highly doubt that. I'm not saying the odds are zero. Probably the odds are 0 0.00000725, most likely. But let's dive in and find out. Let's see. Someone by the name of Andrew T. says, The Horse. And I do give Anderson Bush a modicum of credit. Not much, mind you, but a little bit. They did reply. And they did rhyme. So it's kind of fun in that. They replied saying, of course. Though they couldn't take the one, one thousandth of a second to like this person's comment. So Andrew did say the horse, but no one liked it. Which, again, if you're in charge of Anderson Bush social media or if you're just the intern or... Presumably, there's a person in charge of this profile. They couldn't just like that person's comment. The one, the first comment is actually something that's not negative, and yet they couldn't take the once one thousandth of a second to like it. And at the end of the day, those likes can mean all the world. And if you could like this video, I would especially appreciate it. Now, going to this profile of Mr. Andrew T. Looks like he has 990 followers. And let's see. Looks like they are retweeting for... What the heck is this? Oh my god. So it's disgusting. I'm not saying... Well, I'm not saying this punishment should... I'm not saying the punishment should be throwing tomatoes at a person in public. But one of the first videos he retweets is a girl with high heels... Can't be real. Dancing on a brand new BMW? M-Coupe? Not an M-Coupe. It's the M5... Terrible. So, I guess it's a real profile. They're not asking for free stuff. They're just reposting stuff that interests them. Which is even rarer, because overwhelming majority of the time when there's somebody commenting on Anderson Bush and it's not derisive, interesting, or, you know, it's not roasting them, as you might say. It's usually the profile that just says, you know, repost this, you might win a gift card. Which, again, don't do that. It's all a scam. Your time is not worth it. But nevertheless, yeah, it looks like it's a real person. Interestingly enough. Now, going back to the other comments... Let's see here. Warm Springs Ranch said, quote, he's feeling a little nosy. And that did get one like, but they, they did not reply to that. And looking at his profile, let me see here. Or I guess it's a ranch profile. Warm Springs Ranch. Oh, they're the, oh, okay. It makes sense. Or as the youth might say, an ally. They are the home of the world famous Budweiser Clydesdales. Content for sharing is 21 plus community guidelines. Interesting. Makes sense. So, that actually makes sense. It's a business partner of Anheuser-Busch. So, they actually did... Uh, and Anheuser-Busch is one of the few companies that they actually follow. Anheuser-Busch follows, specifically, One Springs Ranch. And yet, they couldn't re reply to it? It's so haphazard. So, <clears throat> sometimes they're replying. Sometimes they're liking, but not replying. There's... It's as inconsistent as the flavor of their beer. Although, you could argue it's just consistently mediocre... Usually you'll taste the rusty nail or perhaps a couple drops of Flint, Michigan water. But nevertheless. Go, and again, they got one like. 
Going back down, we'll go to the comments that actually have real, I shouldn't say real, multiple likes. So the first one that got multiple likes is from right from the D. They say, quote, I'm sure Dylan is enjoying it too, unquote. That got two likes. Anthony Leach said, quote, is it a real horse, unquote, getting two likes. <clears throat> Anthony Christensen said, quote, what are the horse's pronouns? That's the most important thing, unquote. They got five likes. The bad is says, quote, don't ruin horses now. Two weirdos, unquote, getting three likes. Let's see here. Ryan Treefitty, although he is neither in front of a tree or demanding a denomination of currency of $3.50. So this alleged Ryan Treefitty said, quote, thank you for sponsoring Sean Strickland and the UFC. We, we agree that the modern trans movement is unhealthy and dangerous, unquote. They got four likes. Chow Chow has the gif of Dil Mulvaney and I've got the, what's a nice way of saying creepy, concerning teacher which is a biological man dressed up as a woman, which encourages children to not talk to their family and instead confide in this stranger online and transition. I forget this individual's name. That GIF did get two likes. A couple other GIFs of men dressed up as women getting two likes. Scooter says, quote, he'd rather freeze to death than be associated with Bud Light. Way to go, horse, unquote, getting two likes. Which again, what would have been a smart, cute idea if you, again, if you had a mock of intelligence that you were working at Bud Light, although, some might argue if you had modicum intelligence, you would not work there. But nevertheless, a good idea would be, what if you had a name tag on the horse that said, you know, AB employee, like, or, you know, Anderson Bush employee number 20 or whatever like that, and they had the horse's name. Because again, we don't, it could be a random horse. I don't know if this horse actually works there. That'd be, that would have been comical, would have been interesting. And, given him, and then you can have a whole parody of like the horse complaining about his paycheck saying, where's my extra hay? There's a lot of material to work with there. There's a lot of opportunity. And yet, I, I, it seems like they just have so little creativity over there. But, nevertheless, someone by the name of A says, quote, perverts, stay away from our kids, unquote, getting three likes. Then we get that big warning. It says, show additional replies, including, though, that make Dave offensive content. Of course. I want to see, let's see the bonus content. So, J E's B's, interesting profile name. He says, quote, when I'll, paraphrased to make this moderately family friendly so i won't actually say the swear he says quote f you the boycott is still on cats unquote though you did not say cats he said the other word nevertheless that didn't get any likes but that was hidden jesse curtis now i don't know why this this was deemed offensive i don't know why she says good afternoon hope you're having a fantastic friday 100 percent clapping hands Person dancing, person on a phone emoji? All too cute, unquote. No one liked it, but that was deemed to be censored, interesting enough. So, in terms of marketing, I would say this is it's definitely not the worst. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's impossible to do worse than Bud Light in 2023. I'm just saying it would be almost a challenge to do that bad, and I don't think, statistically speaking, it's probable it could happen, but I don't think it'll ever be that bad again. But again, it's just not, they, they had a kernel of an idea and it just failed. And again, most of them are just roasting it. And this doesn't really compel you to buy the product. It makes you, I guess, feel a little good because you reminisce about what Bud Light used to be. So, I mean, again, I would just have to say, in terms of the sports balls metaphor, this was certainly a swing and a miss.
Other interesting cultural news, you have Bud Light Manning's score seat gets a pretty low score. And this comes as Bud Light attempts to get back some of their old fans and use the likeness of one of these famous sports ball players out there. Although I think he's probably best known for just, you know, marketing anything if you have enough money these days. But nevertheless, a lot of sports balls enthusiasts appreciate Mr. Manning's ability to throw pigskins. Although, ironically, they don't, call, they don't even use pigskins anymore. It's worse than the environment. They actually use synthetic materials instead of pigs, which actually is a renewable resource with delicious things many people appreciate, like football skins and bacon. But nevertheless, Bud Light said before this, thankfully, it's a short clip of, well, that wasn't a great... It doesn't look good. I, the video is, before you actually click play, it has a screenshot of Mr. Manning. And his smile is debatably as awkward as Ron DeSantis or mine or Dil Mulvaney. It, it's, he, he almost looks like he's a hostage, like he doesn't want to be there. But again, it's, with the right still frame, everyone looks awkward. But it is funny that, again, depending on what editing software they're using, they start the video with him looking... Is that, it's like a mix between a smile and a scowl? It, it's not great. But nevertheless... The text before the video says, quote, Time is running out, but your Bud Light could still hashtag score seat for you at the AFC and NFC Championship games or Super Bowl 50, was it 58, 57, whatever the sports ball's full is. Learn more at this website. And it looks like, again, the statistics are all taken 48 hours after, so plenty of time for it to brew, pun moderately intended. I will try to find a new pun for that sometime soon. But nevertheless, it did get 7,564 views and 72 likes, which means, statistically speaking, people prefer a random horse from Anna Bush than Mr. Manning. Which, again, if you're watching the long, for long format of the show, we covered how Anna Bush did picture tweet of one of the Clydesdale horses and is saying, you know, buy our beer, but not really, it's pretty pathetic. But more people did like that random horse than Mr. Manning. Now, Mr. Manning is, again, I'm not... We maybe should say allegedly a hostage. I mean, he looks pretty uncomfortable in this video. But nevertheless, he's standing in a bar with a Bud Light in his hand. Definitely not drinking it. And there's a Bud Light shade above the pool table. And perhaps they're trying to play in a nostalgia. They actually have an old-fashioned change machine behind him. Which, man, I... Definitely aging myself. We had one of those at the arcade as when I was a youth. When we played real games or video games were actually cabinets in the arcade. But nevertheless... It's only about nine seconds long, thankfully, and he didn't even suit up, as all men should. He's wearing a little sweater, and not, he's wearing, like, dress pants? F minus for, for any sentiment of fashion. But nevertheless, we'll play this real quick. Love by light, show us for a chance to score a seat at Super Bowl 58. That's it? That terrible music of... Unfortunately, they'll probably get a copy strike, uh, copyright strike on it, uh, unfortunately. And they did get 55 comments. Although, let's see how many of them are real and how many of them are just people wanting free stuff versus actually people with mock of intellect writing smart things, or at least understandable things. And again, it looks like it got 72 likes, which is another friendly reminder to like this video. Statistically speaking, this won't get more likes than the Bud Light video itself. However, as a wise pilot once said, never tell me the odds. Going down, the first comment comes from one of the best profiles on X Twitter. Bar none, I would argue. Some might say I'm biased. But the first comment you see is from The Topping Show. And that says, quote, What will the comments sections be today? And it's the GIF, or as youth might call it, the GIF of the dog. where surrounding him is all the fire. And it zooms in, and he just says, this is fine. 
Not to brag, but that did get six likes, which is kind of hilarious. More people like the GF than some of my videos on the YouTube. But nevertheless, that did get six likes and 100 views. The second comment comes from Dr. Hama, and they say, quote, Pizza business, slow Peyton, you're ruining your brand, unquote. Getting seven likes. Looks like Catherine did chime in. So again, first two comments, both negative, or at least pejorative. And that's, you have Catherine doing the hashtag score seat. No one liked her. Bud Light didn't even respond to her when she's saying, I want to win a Bud Light, which, or sports balls, tickets, seats. But again, this is Catherine. She's a serial. We looked at her profile before. She will repost anything if it's free. It doesn't matter if it's a can of Mountain Dew, a random cooler, sports balls, tickets to any event, just free. So again, F minus for marketing because that's not building loyalty to the brand. It's not inspiring them. This doesn't even have a requirement to post a picture of you with their product, which in theory would mean you would have to purchase it, or at least if you're clever, just go to the store, you can get a picture with you with the product. So it's not, it's not really a call to action besides going to the website, which I guess they're data mining. That's something you're gathering data, but no one liked that specifically. Brave Mango, though, F minus for marketing. You would you would think there'd have to be a picture of a mango, perhaps with a George Washington hat and maybe a musket, but no, it's just a picture of a skull. This alleged Brave Mango simply had a picture of Dill Mulvaney in the, dressed up as Audrey Hepburn uh, holding a Bud Light, and then the can with Dill Mulvaney's face on it that has the, the text saying, celebrating 365 days of womanhood, which... Interestingly enough, in terms of business history and like memorabilia, that's probably the most expensive can on the planet in terms of having an impact on a business. I mean, in Q2 last year, they lost $400, $400 million in sales alone, just evaporated because of that can and the subsequent videos, and, or like one video and two pictures that Del Mulvaney took to try to increase sales for the product, which ironically, hilariously, backfired in the worst possible way. That got 11 likes. Julia Broderick, who is a looks like a repeating commenter I've seen a couple times of these, she simply says, not until you apologize, bucko. Which, I'll say A plus for using a unique word. You don't hear bucko enough these days. And that did get 13 likes. Drink Strohs says, quote, Eli has more rings. Drink, drink, Strohs. Again, I'm not a doctor. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my speaking ineptitudes and my stuttering and speaking too fast. I'm just saying, if you look at a couple of first episodes where there's no subscribers at all, darn, late, darn near, and where we're at today, it's been a pretty good improvement. Some might say only a modicum of improvement, but improvement nevertheless. So if you can subscribe that right now, I really appreciate it. And again, that got seven likes. Jake says, quote, thank you for sponsoring the UFC Bud Light. I agree that gender dys uh, dysphoria is a mental illness. Your support means a lot on this issue, unquote. They got 11 likes. And he's, again, they had that partnership with the USC for $100 million. And interestingly enough, this might change in a, in a second or two. Who knows? But Bud Light isn't taking a stand, as some might say, or discouraging the USC uh, actual fighters from, act I was about to say, players, which perhaps shows my experience with the sports balls and the fighting. But nevertheless, they still haven't actually told them, hey, we're paying you all this money. Stop speaking like this. So... Interestingly enough, there hasn't been a big boycott on Bud Light from the far, and some people would say politically the leftist, the people who are very much in agreement with the gender ideology and the uh, transition um, cultural phenomenon or whatever you want to call the subject matter. But, I mean, Bud Light is giving them a lot of money and they're saying things that aren't in alignment with that, some say political, some say cultural ideology, whatever you want to call it, that subject matter. 
I'm actually surprised there hasn't been any backlash. But now, that being said, I'm not sure how many people from that particular demographic purchase Bud Light on average. But I, it is interesting, nevertheless. Now, we'll go down a couple more. Someone by the name of Tony Scott actually has a picture of himself holding a Bud Light. I have no idea if that's just a... It looks like a, a box or something. Or a mini shade for a pool table that says Bud Light, special sponsor of... I don't know who... Is that the Cleveland, the Cleveland, oh, the Cleveland team? Their picture is just an orange helmet, which not very. I don't know who's in the marketing department, but if they charge for someone to design that helmet, that's. I don't want to say they should get their money back. Well, I guess no, I should. It looks like he, no, he's mentally vacuous. So you go to his profile. He just wants free everything, that includes ice cream. What's this? Cleveland Browns. High fructose corn syrup, water, Bud Light, Mountain Dew. What's this? Soccer? So just someone who wants free stuff. So again, I, I suppose you could argue that's compelling because there's actually a little physical picture of him with the product, which I was going to say, if someone is a fan of his, maybe they'll buy Bud Light with that, but I would say not so persuasive to say the least. Someone by the name of Zuma simply has a gif of Eric Cartman from South Park saying, screw you, they got 14 likes. Here's a couple more comments. David Roberts simply says, no thanks, getting six likes. Tiles says, nope, getting six likes. C. Mill says, not an apology, but more celebrity salads. Unquote, getting four likes. Theresa says, quote, nope, don't drink your trans piss water. Unquote, getting eight likes. Bisman does say, MMA is great, thanks Bud Light, getting two likes. Brando says, how about FNO, getting four likes. Keith says, quote, Bud Light is a global joke, going woke, sending you broke, unquote, getting four likes. Dave says, piss, unquote, getting four likes. I'm, let's see, there's really not anything positive. Let's see. Oh, they do have that fun button that says some of these may be insensitive, yada, yada. Click to see. Absolutely. Some of the super secret hidden responses comes from Daniel Akers, which is hilariously ironic when you consider the content of his tweet. He says, quote, thank you, Bud Light, for supporting free speech and American first values. I became a, fu a full on UFC because of you. A full on, unquote. They got two likes. And ironic that someone is giving them accolades for freedom of speech is then censored themselves. And let's see here. Let's see. CJ says, quote, we got Bud Light to give Dana White 100 million. You will never see some idiot buying a Bud Light at UFC. That's like bringing the devil to the church. Unquote, getting one like. Adolf Schrickler, Schicken Gruber says, quote, pedo beer. And it is a picture of a pride parade with a adult man in a thong, a pride Japanese-themed flat, uh, not flag, a fan, naked except, uh, completely naked except the thong, some BDSM straps, a uh, unicorn, what do you call it? Unicorn point on his head, and wearing high heels, and this man is gyrating in front of children. And they got nine likes. Let's see here. Let's see. We'll have to go to the very top here. And of course, there are the ones that Bud Light are ultra, ultra hidden ones. So if we click that button to see the ultra hidden ones, interesting. 
So they may have deleted them? Because usually if the button is not there, that means there's nothing ultra hidden. And if the button is there, you can click it and see what's being hidden. I click it and it says there's nothing there. So based on my previous experience with Twitter, I would think that means they deleted it somehow. But looking at all the replies, I mean, as the youth might say, I mean, their ratio to say the least, and culturally speaking, let me know in the comments if you think differently, I can't help but think their sales for this year are not going to get any better, though they're going to certainly spend a record amount of money on marketing. It'll be interesting to see if any of that marketing is actually provide a positive return on investment. But as I always say, time shall tell. Now, going over to the political part podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy saying you can't report or reform the FBI and goes viral on X Twitter. Now, he actually gives a breakdown of all the reassignments, and he did say that before, so I'm just going to summarize the very first part. And he says, quote, you can't reform the FBI, quote, reform is a myth. The correct answer is shut it down. The FBI has 35,842 person staff, 56% of the bureau that are professional bureaucrats should be fired immediately. Just 44% of the FBI employees are special agents and intelligence analysts. These 15,770 specialists should be reassigned to serve under the narrow focus of other federal law enforcement agencies doing the same specialist work, unquote. And let's see here. Do a couple of the breakdown. He says reassignments will include the U.S. Marshal Service getting 821 specialist analysts transferred to the crimes against children. The Department of Defense should get counterintelligence defense intelligence agency. 4,159 specialists and analysts transferred. And he breaks it down pretty much all the way. And interestingly enough, even though he has officially dropped out, that's still got 2.5 million views in 48 hours when I wrote down these statistics a couple days ago. And it got 52,000 likes. So even though he's not officially running anymore, a lot of people speculating, you know, will he be VP? I mean, who knows? Will he get some type of appointment in, in maybe a cabinet position if Trump does win? There's a lot of speculation, but it is fascinating to see as other candidates drop out, like Chris Christie, who he did have a small social media profile interaction to begin with, but even as Vivek has dropped out, he's still overwhelmingly viral, as the kids might say, getting all these views and all these likes. And this also has 2.5 thousand comments, which is astronomical to say the least. And again, I think a lot of people are seeing there are many parts, not all, well, some might debate, but there are many parts in the government that do overlap, and a lot of responsibilities that do crisscross. And some might argue, well, I would, there's certainly a lot of redundancy there, and there's a lot of fat to trim, so to say. But let's dive in the comments and see, am I alone in this particular take? Let's dive and find out. The first comment comes from A Music, says, quote, yes, we need to shut down. The FBI is completely corrupt, unquote. And it is a gif of Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained wearing, or carrying, or what does he call it? He's holding a little thing of whiskey, some type of beverage. And the text on the image says, quote, they wouldn't be so worried about Trump if Biden really got 81 million votes, unquote. That got 1.3 thousand likes. Let's see here. Dave Benner responded with a clip of Ron, uh, Ron Paul, and he says, quote, Yes, Ron Paul knew the FBI needed to shut down in 1988. Unquote, gained 2,000 likes. Let's see. Elijah Bloom says, quote, You still think Vivek can be bought? 
He has not wavered on his stance, uh, has the FBI stance, despite Trump's, quote, build them a better building, unquote. This is awesome, unquote. I got 1.4 thousand likes. Let's see here. News Glory, or New Glory, rather, says, 85, says quote, 85% seems like a practical number, unquote. It is a picture of a bunch of men with banker boxes, and it says deep state fired, unquote, getting 549 likes. Aaron X1 says, quote, Trump should appoint Elon Musk to clean up the government agencies like he did with Twitter, which runs now better with 70% less employees, unquote. They got 774 likes, and it's perhaps one of the best examples of cutting fat from a company. Twitter has a fraction of the former employee headcount, yet the interaction with the product is about the same or arguably better, I would argue better because of the decrease in amount of censorship, which has increased, I think, a lot of the user count in that regard to interaction so that the actual screen time and usage of the product has increased. But yeah, that's a great example of trimming the fat and still having a great product for the end users. Let's see, we'll do one or two more here. Sewell Train says, quote, since its funding, the FBI has been weaponized, has been a weaponized form of liberty re, uh, reduction. The organization is rotten to the core, unquote, gaining 353 likes. Let's see one or two more. Malcolm Flex says, quote, I really like the idea of folding the field staff office into the state marshal's offices to prevent laying off unnecessary staff. And when you look at how little the intelligence analysts accomplish, I don't think we're taking much of a hit except for entrapment operations. I quote, gaining 445 likes. Let's see here. Ragnarok. Ragnarok? Looks like some type of sci-fi creature. But nevertheless, this alleged sci-fi creature says, quote, the FBI was made to protect the American people. Now they do the opposite. It does need a reform slash steered into the right direction. The inherent goal for setting up the FBI wasn't evil. Unquote. And debatable that got 61 likes do one more here first one or another one comes from danger disinformation says quote there is a culture in the fbi that is unable to be re rehabilitated it is a culture that starts at the fbi academy and is continued throughout an employee's career it is sort of like the military but much more ideological and much more dangerous in terms of politicization and bias unquote that got 46 likes so, interesting enough, he continues, as you might say, to become more and more viral and come up with these ideas that are more and more, getting more and more, I think, mass support. And interesting enough, unlike a lot of politicians, I guess in this case, we could call him an aspirational politician or a former candidate, but he's one of the few people who actually break down his ideas in terms of how you would accomplish them, which I think is one of the reasons why so many people were attracted to his type of rhetoric and his ideals and just him in general, because unlike most of the other politicians, he actually says, yes, we should do X, and it's going to require steps one, two, three. Whereas many people, the cliche is all those time, Republicans and Democrats, they would have it on the debate stage, and they just go, we need to get people back to work. It's like, great. Will you tell us how to do that? We need to cut taxes. Great. Will you tell us how to do that? Well, no. Well, be general. No. So I think that's probably one of his greatest assets is how he continues to spell things out, so to say. And I think a lot of people are speculating, and I, I, I tend to agree with this assessment, that I think we're just getting to see the start of what could be his long-term career in politics. And I think it'll be interesting to see what role he plays at the end of the day, but I, I suspect it'll be a significant one. But as I always say, time shall tell. 
Other interesting political news, you have DeSantis going viral for the very first time and seemingly to smile authentically after he dropped out. Now, that of course happened earlier this week, but as we let the post on X Twitter age a little bit, it soon became one of, actually no, the most viral moments ever for Ron DeSantis. And his smile actually looks authentic. And truth be told, his old demeanor actually almost seems like he's happier. I mean, one of the biggest cliches we talked about on the show is DeSantis' smile. And again, he has some exceptionally great policies that led to people moving to Florida, led to the Florida exponentially increasing everything from everything from end users to businesses. There are a lot of wins. And then on the cultural front, a lot of people were attracted to him because he had a track record of success as governor of Florida. Now, subsequently, his marketing was so bad, it almost seemed like he shot himself in the high-heeled boots with a 50 caliber. But nevertheless... He always had that awkward smile. Some might debate as awkward as Dill Mulvaney or myself. They'd be a tough competition. But he always just felt, a lot of people say inauthentic, awkward, and the smile was just weird and not beyond all belief. But in this little dropout video, he actually seems elated. And the smile looks normal. Now, this also got, again, we, took, we wrote these statistics down actually a uh, full 24 hours after they were done. And this got... 42.1 million views, which for DeSantis is more than four times better, I believe, than his top post. I think he's I'm trying to think of the most viral moment he had throughout his whole campaign on X Twitter. I think he peaked at around 1.2 million. I mean, it's a fraction of a fraction, to say the least. And interesting enough, this got more likes than anything he's ever posted. As we've covered this for about a year. This got 75,000 likes which is huge, or Trump might say, huge, the most likes for DeSantis, but nevertheless, you might debate if that's the worst impression all year. Granted, it's been a short year, but as long as it probably made you smile, it's worth it. And it's about four and a half minutes long, so we'll play a couple of first minutes of it. And interesting enough, he did have a little, little quote before the video, and he says, quote, success is not failure. No, see, if you click the subscribe button, it may very help with my perhaps dyslexia or speaking ineptitudes, which there are many. However, if you look at the first couple of videos when you had basically no subscribers, I tripped over my words a lot more. And would they actually speak faster if you thought it was possible? And stumble across my words and stutter a lot, to say the least. However, the more subscribers we've gained throughout the show, the better we've gotten. I can't help but think it's not a coincidence. So if you could click that subscribe button, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you have one one thousandth of a second, to give me a thumbs up or down for additional feedback, also appreciate it. So again, Ron DeSantis says, quote, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts, unquote, from actually Winston Churchill. And we'll play the first minute or two here. Uh -huh. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq to representing the people in the US Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who've been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle 
to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee. And I that is kind of funny or interesting. Even as he's dropping out and subsequently, spoiler alert, he will actually endorse Donald Trump, he still pokes him a little bit, which I get. I guess perhaps if he has a long-term political career or attempting a long-term political career, he still wants to try to gather both supporters, the ones who do like Trump and the ones who don't like Trump, maybe? But that's, that's interesting to put a little jab in there, a little critique, some might say. I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa, to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that 
Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you and God bless. So I guess he did a separate video to endorse Trump, which again, I don't know why he didn't just combine all his messages into one video, but nevertheless, that is his most viral no moment in his political history is him dropping out. And that's also his most liked video ever. So it'll be interesting to see if he has a long-term political career. I think I'm probably guessing most of the comments are going to be critiquing him, asking him, well, why didn't you do this months ago? Why are you dropping out now? And a lot of people thought he was going to hang in there for the New Hampshire primary, maybe go a little more, but yeah, this is interesting to see. I'm not, I guess you shouldn't be too surprised. Now go back to the comments. One of the first ones comes from Paul Zuzupa or Suzupa. I Apologize, apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. I messaged him on X Twitter uh, to try to see if I can learn the correct pronunciation, but I have not heard back. So eh, that's just attempted, nevertheless. He said, quote, Took DeSantis long enough. He never should have campaigned. Now his political future is toast. What a waste. $300 million down the toilet. Only positive here is he didn't wait even longer, unquote. That got 385 likes. Josh Powers says, quote, thank you, Governor DeSantis, your hero, a patriot, and a legendary Florida man, unquote. They got 1.2 thousand likes. Which, again, the people of Florida love DeSantis. I mean, he's done a great job as governor. I mean, I suspect somehow, it'll be interesting to see, but I think in the short term, I say the short term to politics, maybe a couple of years, he'll have some type of additional leadership role in some capacity in Florida. That's my prediction. You have Ian Myers Chong saying, quote, thank you for putting up a good fight. Time to rally behind Trump and save America from destruction. Quote, getting 3.5 thousand likes. You have Cernovich saying, quote, you need to fire a lot of people. This is assuming your candidacy was a legitimate attempt to win. Unquote, getting 3.3 thousand likes. Which, yes, I don't know who's in charge of his marketing. Perhaps it's the same gal who worked at Bud Light, but yeah, it was terrible to say the least. He started his campaign around 33% in the poll aggregator, and he crashed down to around 11% behind Nikki Haley, which, again, I would argue in terms of the political political past and acumen and successes of Nikki Haley DeSantis, I would say DeSantis had a lot more wins under his belt and a more proven successful track record, and yet, at the end of the day, she pulled ahead of him in the polls, and even in the in some of the caucuses as well. Actually, no, I guess he did beat her in Iowa by a little bit. But again, most of the polls and aggregators, DeSantis was still, he went behind Nikki Haley. We'll do one or two more. Outspoken TM says, quote, wrong DeSantis ends his political presidential campaign, endorses Trump, and attributes a quote to Woodrow Wilson, Wilson or Churchill, sorry, who never said those words. So on point, unquote, getting 1.2 thousand likes. Mary Talley Bowden says, quote, a running theme in Texas during the pandemic was, quote, why isn't Abbott doing what DeSantis is doing? Unquote, thank you for leading the way in medical freedom. Unquote, gained 1.1 thousand likes. Three-year Letterman says, quote, Rod, Wilson Churchill was a great American, but it's inappropriate to invoke his words when quitting. Also, Trump is not eligible to serve two terms unless they're consecutive, so it makes no sense to endorse him, unquote. That mentally vacuous statement did get 3,000 likes. I say that because, was it Grover Cleveland? There's only, it has happened before where you've had 
presidents with non-consecutive terms. It's exceedingly rare, but again, that's not illegal to do. Let's see here. Chloe Cole says, quote, thank you for keeping parental rights and gender ideology issues in the discussion. I'm sure you'll continue to stand with parents and against the attack on children as the great Florida governor you are, unquote. Gain 1.6 thousand likes. And more or less, that's a lot of these comments. There's a couple of him saying, you know, calling in pejorative terms like losers. There's a game between 800 and 2,000 likes. And there are a lot of people, you know, saying, you know, welcome back to Florida. Hope you can do great things there. And let's see here. A lot of people are giving him a little credit for dropping out. So it'll be interesting to see what the political future is for Ron DeSantis. But let's just say, if I were to ask the Magic 8-Ball, granted doesn't have this option by default, perhaps asking a custom Magic 8-Ball, the outlook, outlook would probably say Florida for now. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Costco and Sam's Club to issue a recall of some of their meat trays due to the risk of salmonella. Now, this comes to us thanks to a writer by the name of Deba on NPR. And they say that, again, I'm going to butcher this company's name. I apologize. Char Cucheri. And they are a company that sold both products to Costco and Sam's Club. And they apparently have been linked to a salmonella outbreak. Now, Specifically, it looks like since the investigation started about a month ago, there has been at least 47 known illnesses and 12 hospitalizations in 22 states. According to the CDC, they noted that the products are suspected as contaminated with and the Busetto brand caricature sampler, caricature, again, can't pronounce that to save my life, uh, sold at Sam's Club, and the Fratelli Breda brand and T-Posto Gran Breda sold at Costco, although disappointingly, no... It's not the bread of the gun. It's spelled the same way, though. They know that they come in a twin pack and contain dried meats, such as salami, prosciutto, copa, and sapersada. Now, they also know that the investigation is still underway, but the CDC advises consumers not to eat the products and wash any objects that may have come in contact with them. And looks like, of course, no spoiler alert. Well, Modern spoiler alert. A lot of the products that we buy, they're actually manufactured by the same company. That's why we're saying there's two separate companies, these two separate apparent companies. Well, they're more like two separate brands. The same big company is behind the actual manufacturer and actual distribution of this product. So a little bit of spoiler alert or a little bit of magic, so to say, as we learn more and more things are manufactured by big parent companies. But nevertheless, uh, the the apparel, or rather, it seems like the sentiment behind Samsung is... They're not as premium as Costco. Costco has built a huge culture and enthusiasm around the brand, and people love Costco, and they expect Costco to remain legendary. One of my favorite examples of someone who cares about the customer was the founder of Costco. A couple years back, the CEO of Costco had to go to the founder and said, hey, our meat supplier is increasing the price cost of goods to us for the hot dog, so we're going to have to increase the price of the $1.50 hot dog and drink. The founder said to the CEO of Costco, I'll effing kill you if you raise the price. And that inspired the CEO to actually go out and actually made, created their own meat packing company to manufacture product themselves to keep that price point. That's how loyal they are to getting the end user and the customer a great product at a great affordable price. That's stories become things of legends in the business community. And they always take their products, their quality of the products, they always try to keep them the top notch. And you don't usually hear about too many recalls from Costco. So I would say Sam's Club, this won't dent their sales too much. And again, 
it's almost like a duopoly. There's not a lot of options for mass products when you look at these type of warehouse type businesses. Costco and Sam's Club are the winners bar none. But still, to have a recall of something where, again, thankfully, like the silver lining is, and again, if you squint hard enough in life, you'll find a silver lining usually, that no one has passed away from this particular medical issue. And, you know, they say that most likely there's some very uh, disgusting things that will happen to you if you come in contact with this stuff. So there's a little silver lining. A couple of people have been affected negatively by it, but it's not detrimental. But still, to have a big, a big recall of one a product that a lot of people are buying, a lot of people are loyal as hell to the brand of Costco because they trust the company to choose the products or a great price point and a great value. To have an issue where they didn't make the right pick or they didn't have the, the top-notch quality control, there certainly is the business model of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Also, leave me a thumbs up or a thumbs down and comment is a great way to give me some additional feedback, letting me know how I can make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.